Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Hello, Guardians, and welcome to the Destiny Show podcast. Tonight, we welcome an amazing group of guests on the show. First up, we have a Scottish content creator coming to us from Glasgow, Scotland. He is a member of the Fudge Pushers, Tracker Pros, and he is sponsored by the awesome Advanced GG. He's also a Twitch streamer. And he is the one and only Pigeon. Thank you so, so much for joining us tonight, Pigeon. Welcome to the show. Yeah, absolutely. Welcome. It's good to be here. Yeah, it's it's great to finally have you on the show. We've been wanting to do this for a minute. And finally, we have you on as our guest. So it's great. It was a bit touch and go. It's, 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 it's definitely spanned a few months, but we made it. So I'm going to make the most of it. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. And Guardians, we also have... A Titan main. He is the admin for Clan Nocturnal. He's a Destiny streamer on Twitch. He is the awesome Cold Death. And uh, thank you so, so much for joining us on the show tonight. Yeah, thank you for having me. Yeah, of course. It's uh, always a pleasure to meet content creators like yourself. And last but not least, we have a friend of mine who is funny as shit. He is the co-host of the Destiny Addicts podcast, the raunchiest Destiny podcast on the web. Coming to us from Tokyo, Japan, he is a self-proclaimed warlock main, the <laughs> awesome Kendo Gibbo. Welcome to the show, and thank you so much for joining us. Hello, mate. I've been I've been looking forward to uh, bringing your podcast down to our level for for some time i like the way that you introduced the destiny addicts podcast as the raunchiest destiny addict destiny podcast on the internet that's like i think you're actually overselling it there because mostly it's just dick and poo jokes it's it's definitely not for the faint of heart i'm getting a taster here and i'm like man that must be chaos over that side <laughs> It's, it's it goes it goes between two extremes of us having very intense moans about things that are happening in Destiny and Bungie's world, and then on the other side, it's it's got like so if you had to get a Destiny tattoo on your ass, what would it be? Kind yeah. of stuff. Asking the questions. Yeah, there's no there's no kind of middle ground. We don't we don't do any like urbane kind of hey, what do you think of the trials map this week? Like it's it's just it's <laughs> not there. Or like, what do you think the trials map smells like this week? What? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or, or like, <laughs> if you had to have sex outside on a Destiny Two <laughs> Crucible map, which map would it be, and what part of the map? <laughs> now, now those are the serious questions, right? Yeah, exactly. 
Say this is questions. Right, cut it. Cutting straight to the serious heart of the matter. <laughs> I feel like I'm. I've been asking the wrong questions for like eighty-five episodes. Mate, the next time you get somebody from the next time yeah, you get somebody from Bungie on here, just make sure you get that question in there. So, so you you've you've been you've been selected from all of Bungie to come onto this uh, podcast. If you had to pick one of the uh, characters from Destiny to do anal with, which one would it be? And then just go from there. I'm going to storm. <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry. I'm t- I don't really think we're ever going to have a Bungie developer on the show again. <laughs> <laughs> or, or you could it's just okay. say, hey, hey, yeah, that, that crazy fuck from Japan is not coming on this show again. We're not going to ask you questions about anal sex. Please come on our show. like something like that so guardians on that note we have where we invite our guests for an intimate discussion uh i say the word lightly intimate discussion during a conversation (laughs) with kendo gibbo could be a lot but uh (laughs) we do have an awesome chat here with our guest tonight and we're going to welcome you all for our discussion with the guardians so i hope you all are ready we're going to kick things off with asking how did you all get started in destiny and pigeon do you want to kick things off yeah of course i've actually because it's that time of year just now destiny's kind of going through its anniversaries like its releases i happen to notice on my, my facebook uh, that it was like, I think it was six years to the day. I'm trying to count. Four, we'll go five years, four or five years to the day. And uh, I'd, I'd basically went on holiday uh, from work for a week. And I went into my local game shop and picked up, I wanted to pick up a new game. I was on PS4 at the time. I was like, I want to get a new game. I want to get a shooter. I want to get a hack and slash game. So I walked out with Destiny and I walked out with Bloodborne. If you guys know Bloodborne from uh, from software, so took it. I took it home, and it turned out, as as I saw on Twitter recently, that was actually the same day that the Taken King had just released. Like literally to the day the Taken King had just launched. Uh, so I put in. I got home, put Destiny into my disc drive. I had no idea how live service games worked. I didn't realize it was the same people that made uh, Halo. Because at the time I was really craving a Halo shooter, but I never owned any kind of Xbox consoles. Uh, so I ended up put Destiny in and it helped me with a, a massive update, basically. It was like the year two update. Um, but I didn't have time to play it that day. Played Bloodborne, and if you guys know that game, it's rough. Uh, <laughs> try to get try to get to grips with it. So I got fed up with that. And the next day, Destiny was ready to go. The file was installed. And uh, I pretty much, as soon as I picked up that Kvostov walking through the, the Cosmodrome, I literally and pulled the trigger, saw damage numbers. I was like, I was sold. That was it. I was literally wired in. And the rest does kind of go, that's, that's history. So that's, that's how I picked it up. And I got instantly obsessed with it. That's awesome. And what about, what about you, Gibbo? How'd you get started? Yeah, so I I picked up uh, a PS4 from one of my mates who was moving and needed to offload it. 
uh, I think it was a, it was a, it was a couple of months after the Taking King was released, and I was kind of the same. I was like looking for a game to play. I would, I'd been playing uh, Star Wars Battlefront at the time because I think that that came out maybe around the same time ish, maybe not actually. I don't know. Uh, so I was I was playing Star Wars Battlefront. It was kind of okay. I was enjoying uh, FPSs. I hadn't I hadn't played an FPS since the PS2, which kind of probably explains why my KD is shit. Um, but that was Time Splitters back in the day. Are any of you guys old enough to remember Time Splitters? I love Time Splitters, man. Mm-hmm. Fucking yeah, I time, remember that. Time Splitters two, like spent a shit ton of time wasting my life on that game and i i wanted to play a good fps star wars battlefront was a lot of fun but it was very samey it was like it's like all arena shooters you go in you you do the same thing at every single match and like sometimes the the uh the objective changes a little bit but it wasn't it wasn't the same and I, I'd heard of Destiny. I knew it had uh, like a bit more uh, background and story to it. So I thought, yeah, fuck it. You know, this sounds like a bit of fun. And I played it and it was it was okay. I don't think I was hooked in the same way as Pigeon was right from the start. But then one of my mates who lived across the country was like, oh, you got a PS, you got a PS4. What have you got? And I'm like, oh, I just started playing this game, Destiny. And he's like, oh man, I've been playing that for the past year because I got into it around the Taking King time. And I'm like, all right, let, well, let's play together. And that was the moment that hooked me. Because then it was like this person who was a really close friend of, of mine back in the UK, and he also moved to Japan probably a couple of years after I did. And suddenly I could spend time with him online playing Destiny, shooting aliens most evenings of a week. And I'm like, this is fucking brilliant. I can play with my mates. I can shoot stuff. I'm I'm sold. This is the greatest thing since sliced bread. And obviously, that was before like I got angry at nerfs and stuff. And uh, <laughs> uh, but yeah, I I persevered through the bad times. You persevered, and was that before yeah. or after the podcast yeah. started? Oh man, that was that was well before. That was well before. Uh, Bushman. I I got to know Bushman via somebody that we were playing with, like a mutual a mutual friend. I think he was part of uh, the Destiny Reset clan at the time, and yes. I think Bushman Destiny Reset. Yeah. Yeah, and Bushman had been toying with the idea of a podcast, and I still remember his words at the time. He's like, "You're somebody with a bit of personality," he says to me. <laughs> like, would you, would you would you like to join a podcast with me? And I'm like, <laughs> at the time, I said, "Right, number one, I've got I've got two conditions. Number one is I'm going to be a bit flaky, uh, and if I don't like it, I'm just not going to bother." <laughs> and and he's like, "Yeah, that's fine." And, and and we're on like 150 episodes or something now. And I think I've actually had less episodes off than Bushman. So I don't know what that says about flakiness. But the other thing was also like, I'm not going to just talk about Destiny. And if you're looking for someone who's only going to talk about gun rolls, you're talking to the wrong person. And he's like, oh, that's fine. I'm sure you've got something interesting to bring. What a fucking idiot. He had no idea, did he? Like. <laughs> I was, seriously, Corn, you know this. Zavala's dick has been a running joke in our podcast for probably three quarters of the life of the podcast, right? Yeah, it's been it's been a while. Oh goodness, it gets, it's been a common theme. 
yeah, the the big man's garbage gets a mention at least once every podcast, and some and in some cases, it's like it's the it's the entire subject of like a whole hour's worth of podcasting, and we kind of look at the, look at it at the end and go, "What did we talk about today?" <laughs> and then like Bushman or Bundy will be like, ah, yeah, so Gibbo about that. And then we, we, we like do our listen back and it's like, oh, right, big blue helmets and fucking things again. Yeah, okay, done. Okay, another classic Destiny Addicts episode in the bag. My, my favorite episode was uh, the uh, DJ episode that you guys recorded. That was so funny. <laughs> that that was that was some of the most fun that i've had doing that podcast pretty much full stop and it's also probably well that and the plethora of uh dick jokes uh, probably contribute to why we never get any kind of publicity of any sort never mind just from bungie just at all i'm gonna tell you all a little inside thing uh and only everyone who listens to this episode and you all who are here will know this. But uh, Sir Deej, who was our recording bot, that was kind of inspiration behind honoring homage of Deej, but also your episode because it was so <laughs> freaking epic. So there's like two correlations to us having Sir Deej as our recording bot. So there you go. Little fun fact here. If they make a second Destiny toaster, which had like uh amanda's tits to burn into the the bread i'd go with that or 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 obviously you know to bring it back to the destiny addicts podcast the big man's dong like if if there was if there was like and it doesn't even need to be erect it could just be like a soft like a a soft (laughs) middle of the day kind of lunchtime zavala's wiener and i'd still buy it then i would buy it i'd be like look at look at you know yeah yeah i've got the old right well just imagine right you've got like a piece of toast and this fucking 50 centimeter long soft penis just like <laughs> burn into the side of it like who wouldn't want that i'd pay good money for something we, like we that. need to call bungie immediately yeah. get, get a hold of their product <laughs> development team <laughs> i've got all sorts of good ideas for you guys five percent thank you very much here on the destiny show give me my fucking cut <laughs> As the Bungie Store Rule 34. Yep. <laughs> yeah, totally. Yeah. <laughs> on, a, on a slightly different topic. Yeah. What are your thoughts on the current state of the season in Destiny 2 with Season of the Lost? What do you all think about the current season? Story-wise, I I'm absolutely loving it. I agree. I'm I'm invested in this story right now. And mm-hmm. looking forward to all this, the, the story beats each week as long as it spins out. Yeah, I, I think I, I think I'm the same. I think they I, they've been getting like a shit ton of praise for how they've been delivering the story. I'm going to say something controversial here, though. I think the 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 season with Keitel or whatever her name was, where the story was boring. Uh, it it didn't really it didn't feel like there was anything like at stake within the story whereas now mm-hmm. like Savathun is here she's right in front of you you're doing you're doing something directly to interfere with like Zivorath 
as well. Whereas in the past, it's like, okay, some fat cabal bird wants me to to like do stuff for uh I don't even know what it is. It's killing more things. Okay. Fine, I guess I'll go and kill more of her ex-boyfriends or whatever it is that she's sending towards me. <laughs> but like this time, it's like, okay, like Mara's back. Uh, there's there's like meaningful interaction between the crow and Mara and Petra, and you're seeing like more character development on on the part of all three of those characters, and like it's it's interesting. Like you want to see what happens between them. So like for, yeah. for me, like the the way that they're delivering the story has consistently been good for several seasons now, but this season. The, sto- the story has gotten like really good. Re- like re- I'm, I'm happy with where it's going. I think it's, it's it, it is. It and it's it's that building to a boiling point that we yeah. know, we know something is is going to happen big at the end of the season because we have a preview of what's coming in in Witch Queen. So knowing where we're going, but not knowing how we're going to get there. And just seeing it build on top of itself each week is it's like a weekly show. Like hmm. you hit the end of that quest for the week and it's a cliffhanger and you're like, ah, come on, I'm ready for next week already. Let's go. Yeah. I think that's, that plays well with what you end up doing each week. Like uh, you log in, you catch the story beat and then you can go play for a few hours doing kind of whatever takes your fancy there's there is something there across like the whole director um for you to chase so it does feel like a nice play loop as well i think they've they've put all the right systems in place now like to keep you playing keeps me playing at least i'm gonna play devil's advocate here and i'm gonna say that for me i think what we get in the season it's good stuff right but for me, there needs to be more. There's right. weekly stories for us to play on a weekly basis. But I, for, for me personally, the end game largely is kind of just stale. You know, I mean, there's a few new weapons in, in the Nightfall, but the Grandmaster isn't even open yet. So I'm half motivated to play these Nightfalls because... I realize I'm really going to want the adept weapons from the Nightfall, not the ones that the regular Nightfalls offer, right? And then, you know, the Vault of Glass, it's like, we've done it. It's been around. You know, there needs to be more diversity in the content that we're playing. Like, some of the Trials weapons, they were put into dungeons. I think that's a good move. But what if you already got those weapons from Trials? What if you already got those rewards? The chase becomes more limited. So they do they do definitely need to diversify the weapon pools a little bit. Absolutely. Like you see you see like when a new season comes along, we get all of these like nice new things in the new season. But you're kind of disincentivized to play the rest of the normal game like i can go i'll go into the crucible i'll go into strikes i I, to to get my pinnacle stuff i would not go into gambit for any price ever because that game mode is a big pile of steaming shit 
and I hate it. So that they could just they could remove Gambit, and I wouldn't give two fucks about it. But they're like the rest, the rest of the end game. Like I go into, I'll go into strikes, and what will I get? I'll get the same, the same fucking guns that I've got for the past what three seasons. I'm not interested in that, and that's, and it's kind of making half of the end game boring. Basically, I, I definitely agree. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm advocating for like every every sort of playlist and ritual stuff in the game to have a similar situation that Trials has, where you can actually focus farm everything. Yeah, it means you can play that game mode and pick your drops at the exactly. end. Exactly, like just straight up let us pick. Like, yeah, pick it. yeah, yeah. Because I agree. Yeah. Like, I, I love chasing for god rolls, but when you've got a bloated loot pool and you just you're constantly seeing the same things over and over again. You just, just don't like, want to do it. I I think they've had a couple, like quite a few iterations of being able to to fo- uh, focus farm stuff that I think have been great. And yeah. this, with with Trials two weeks ago, I think that that being able to focus those engrams, say, hey, I want a messenger. I'm going to get a messenger. Will I get the role that I want? Who knows? I think that was a perfect balance to mm. focusing. And I, I, I agree. I'd love to see that with all of the other vendors as well. I think they yeah. need to put it into literally every part of the game at the, at this point. Like, uh, if you think, if you think about like the prophecy, like the pro- prophecy has got some good loot behind it. Hello, trials of the nine. Yes. But- like it, when you go into the prophecy, still you've got no clue what you're doing. Like you go in there and you're like, right, I am gonna farm prophecy for this pulse rifle, and like you do it five times, and all you get are twenty five pairs of shoes. Like you come yeah. out at the end of it, and you'll be like, what the fuck have I just spent my fucking time <laughs> doing? And and you like the. That's that's around the time when I would just go, right, I hate Destiny. I'm not going to spend any more money on Bungie products ever fucking again, and I'd like take four months off because uh, yeah. because because Bungie are in this really weird place where they've started to figure out how to respect my time, but they've only put it on the bits of the game that they really want me to play. And yeah. so like the, the rest of it, I'm just looking at it going, you've totally disincentivized me to play 50% of your game. Why the fuck should I bother with that when at the weekend I can farm the fuck out of a hand cannon, a pulse rifle, and a sniper rifle that I really want until I get the rolls exactly yeah. what I want? Why would I, I do that? nailed it, man. Because I feel that for a prophecy. The other thing I, I was talking about recently on my streams was like the the looting I I generally think the prophecy weapons, the reissues, are like the best weapons in the game right now, like perk wise yeah. and archetype wise. But the mm-hmm. problem the biggest problem is it's behind prophecy, which has not been refreshed. It's still the prophecy dungeon, which can get monotonous. And like yeah. as much as you could say you're born into the grind and putting that uh focused farm, if you will, because like you do get the encounter drops. But like you said, you're going to be jaded when you get your 20th pair of boots uh, when you're putting all your <laughs> yeah, time right. in to get, to get something. So like, if Bungie does... I think if Bungie makes the move to give us just that ultimate freedom to focus loot, which I think they are trending towards just now. Mm-hmm. There, just there's perfect. a danger with that, though. There is a danger with that in that if if they do allow us to do that, then 
every archetype that they produce has to be the competitive archetype. Otherwise, nobody is going to focus farm it. Yeah. Like, can can you imagine if, like, in the in the Crucible, the hand cannon that was available was like a, a one eighty? Yeah. No one had no one would focus farm that, and it'd be pointless having it in the loot pool in the first place. So there's there's got to be some kind of it needs to be desirable, yeah. And so like to to that point, like then they need to also do, continue the work that they've been doing with the perk pool and make sure that each each archetype, each type of weapon, number one has its place in the game. Fucking scout rifles for fuck's sake! When have we used scout <laughs> rifles apart from like year one, season one? Like that was the only time that I can remember scout rifles being a part of this game. And apart from that, you've got no reason to use them in any content at all. Um, like they've got they've got to have a place in the game at this at the same time. It doesn't. They don't all have to be like uh, viable in the whole game. But like, why why can't we have like things that work better in? specific things in PV, pve some things that work god forbid in gambit not that anyone plays gambit <laughs> like the the same like and the same with the crucible like we're getting right now like everybody knows what their god rolls on igneous hammer and the messenger are that they're looking for but like when it you know when it comes to strike specific loot like why can't we have strike specific loot that performs better in strikes that you grind for from strikes I might yeah. actually give a shit about it at that point. But until, you know, in, until they stop me getting warlock bonds whenever I don't need them, like I'm I'm just going to do 3 for the pinnacle and then fuck off back into the crucible to be honest. Yeah. Give us some uh, weapons that have like in uh strikes specific perks that when you're running yeah. a strike you get, you know, plus 10% bonus damage or, you know, something like that. Something like that. Yeah, or like celerity for strikes or or something like yeah. that. Like like any anything, anything to just give me an experience that doesn't involve one rank up from AFK, basically. Because that, that's what strikes are at the moment. I think they yeah. had a they had a great great idea um when they had the Gambit armor sets. Yes those yes. those were great and i would love to see more of that in other aspects they just, of the game they just went the the problem the problem that they had was they put it behind the most broken mode that they they could have fit they could have created and they even admitted that and they also made made it so that if you didn't have those sets in gambit you were absolutely fucked like yeah. if you if you if you played against a, a team that had those sets because they were prepared to to slog through the bore fest that was the reckoning, then you were screwed. And the only way that you were going to get onto that level was by playing the reckoning. And I, did you guys put much time into that? Because I played it for like three goes. And I'm like, this is a fucking disaster area. <laughs> I did not, man. I played it to the absolute death, but I'll tell you why. You're um, that one person. I was that one person. But the the I was well, the story goes, I literally 
the people I played with at the time were fed up. They're like, nah, I don't like Gambit, etc. etc. I've always enjoyed Gambit. <laughs> and you, you really are a lot of person. I, I, but the, uh, the only reason I say that is because I decided, I took it upon myself to go and get that Reckoner seal, so I grinded the absolute right. heck out of it, man. So, okay. But yeah, so, I know what you're saying. You played it with an objective there. That's objective. that's slightly different. Like the, Nobody's objective is to go in and play as much Gambit as they possibly can. I am going to become rank one ELO in Gambit. Nobody nobody wakes up and says that. Do they? Cornholio, uh, am I wrong? I know, I know people, I play with people that are those people, man, so... <laughs> they need help. They need help. They're, they're they, really they're awesome. Mate, you need to... They could be awesome, but they also sound like they have mental deficiencies, <laughs> which should be reviewed by a doctor. Man, I, I have got... I am not going to lie, I've got, like, the total opposite opinion, because I think Gambit is, like, <laughs> the, the best place to test your build progress in Destiny. Like the, com- the, com- the combat's harder and you've got the PvP side as well to weigh up, so it if, really tastes the metal. If you weren't Scottish, we'd have to come to blows with this, but I've had a fight <laughs> with a Scotsman before and he kicked my no, fucking no, ass. I agree, so disagree. I'm not going to do it again. I, I, can't, I, can't entail, I can't make you like something. It's like, <laughs> that's all I think. You you can't make me like it, but you could kick my ass if I continue to insult you yeah, and sorry, Gambit. I'm a, soft, so I'm a big softie. I always tell people I'm a big softie. Oh, right, well, you're a fucking wanker in Gambit's <laughs> shit, then. <laughs> well, that's me, man. <laughs> I'm going to be in the minority also, and I'm going to say that I personally enjoyed the Reckoning activity. Oh I actually God. did like it. No, I did not get the Reckoner title. Let me just set the record straight. I didn't go hardcore like that. However, I did enjoy it enough to play it, and I thought it was a fun end game activity. It's more than what we have now, right? What do we have now? You play the Vault of Glass that we got last season. At least we had something new that felt like Endgame. And now mm-hmm. we don't really have anything. Astral Alignment doesn't really feel like Endgame. It feels like no, an extension not. to the campaign or the activity that everybody can access and do without much challenge. Now, the Bungie did promise a more difficult mode coming in the coming months later this season yeah we are getting a legendary astral alignment so that that might be interesting but also it'll be it'll be gone at the end of this season right like what yeah, what and, i think you're and then we'll have something inspires this year now yeah and, and what i think you're talking about corn is like gambit just needs to be more meaningful like the problem with gambit is it it has been reduced and derived down into this one single thing now that has literally no connection with the rest of the game. And that's that's a problem, and that's also a big reason for why Gambit is, for me, it's just a no-go area, because like I, I'll, I'll go into it. Like I can enjoy playing Gambit, and uh, to the point about it being good for builds, like it's it is good for figuring out how you're going to use different builds and to play to a, a specific style. But once once you've done that once, all Gambit matches are identical. Like there's yeah. there's literally nothing. There's no substance to Gambit. I think that's that's the crux of the issue. Like it needs it needs substance and it needs a gameplay loop. Strikes are the same. Like it, it, there's no there's no gameplay loop to it. At least with Trials, the loop is 
to get your engrams to focus farm that loot to get something that's going to improve your next trials game. But that doesn't really exist for Gambit or, or Strikes at the moment. But at least for Strikes, you know, you've got Nightfalls and you know, the Grandmaster coming, which is also another good place to test your, your build crafting. But for, for the most part, you could ignore those two things. You could ignore Gambit and the Strike playlist and still enjoy playing Destiny. I think that that's... Oh, yeah. That's yeah. the fundamental problem agree, with both of those things. But but, but uh, I think those activities enhance your experience. You know, I, I don't think well, you have to know life them, but I do think that they bring value to the game. But to your point, there needs to be more variety. Gambit should not exist in the same form each and every season where there's no new right. maps, no variety. There needs right. to be variety in, in the different activities that we have. And I think that's what's lacking. That's what's been lacking with the Crucible. That's what's been lacking with gambit and it feels like the the team needs to really refocus how can they sustain the game from season to season while also building out the next thing and the next thing exactly they they were on the right thing with the reckoning but they fucked it up and yeah improving the you know part of the destiny experience it is the first time you play it but then so is touching a man's penis. That's an experience the first time you do it. And you don't think, I want to do that again every single week, do you? <laughs> I feel like I know what you're trying to say. But, then I, but then I brought penises back into the conversation and just totally <laughs> steamroll it over the point. <laughs> no, it it is, you, play, you play it the first time and it's, it's all novelty and fun, but when you play it the hundredth time, you're just like, I'm fed up. Yep. It's, it's at what point in that way... Can you keep it, keep it, keep it coming back? For me, it's always going to be loot. So, RNG is a killer, a real big mood killer a lot of the time. Yeah. So if I if I can't exactly say, oh, I'm going to go into gambit this season and farm the scout rifle because I can't. It's it's a random exactly. drop. Exactly. I've seen whereas, it once. Whereas I've seen if it I was once. able, to, yeah, if I was able to go to gambit and actually go right, I play five gambit matches and I can get one scout rifle, then at least I'd know what was coming and I would put myself through those matches at the bare minimum to do that. Yeah. Um obviously that's just like a, a, a crude way of putting it, but like that's what they need to evolve from. And that's kind of how trials felt like a few weeks ago. I was loving life, just being able to focus engrams and buy all the loot and getting adept drops every other game. I haven't went flawless. That that's that feeling in other game modes will definitely be what I hope for the future for those modes. Yeah, I I agree. There needs to be some way to still have RNG be part of it, but not where it's a you know one in point oh 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 one chance of getting the yeah. the specific weapon that you want to drop never mind the specific totally. perks the yeah. the thing the thing that made me take my last break from destiny which was, i think it was at the it was at the end of the cabal season or so at some point i took like another two and a half months off was after slogging through solo iron banner for something like three hours for three of the bounties to give me pinnacle drops in slots that I did not need a pinnacle drop in. And it was only one slot that I didn't need it in. And it gave me three drops in the exact same fucking place. And I'm just like, no man, 
why the fuck have I just invested three hours of my time on the fucking weekend? And I, like, I'm a dad, so I, like, I've got my kids kind of like pulling up my sleeve saying, Dad, spend time with us. And I'm like, get the fuck away from me, you little shit. These guardians aren't going to fucking kill themselves, are they? <laughs> and, and I'm like, yes, right, fucking pinnacle. Let's go. It's a fucking helmet. Fuck you, Saladin. Right. And then my kids are like, Dad, I want to go and play football. I'm like, fucking chuck yourself down the stairs. I've got to fucking do some more death over here. And then I do it again. I get another fucking helmet. And then like 30 minutes later, like my kids have given up and they've gone off and they're playing on the Switch. And I'm like, it's another fucking helmet, Saladin, you piece of shit. And like, at that point, I'm just like emailing Bushman, the other host on the Destiny Addicts. I'm like, right, I'm taking another fucking break. Destiny can go and fuck itself again. And I can see Bushman like sighing and going, yeah, okay, third time this year, all right, Gibbo, whatever. But it, you just don't want to see it at that point. Like you mm-hmm. just sit there and think, why did I do this? And that's like, that's not a reaction that you should have at the end of spending three hours playing Destiny. Why did I do this is not something that Bungie should be building into their core game system anymore. It's a seven-year-old system. Why are we still playing a seven-year-old loot system? It makes no yeah. sense. The, the, the power grind definitely needs needs a refresh because, it, yeah, it there i was in the same position um the first iron banner of of this season out of four pinnacle drops three of them were energy weapons right it's like that that does me zero good in progressing my my power level exactly no one wants that yeah i think there needs to be a balance i think that certain weapons in the game should be rare to get they should be a chase there should be a reason for you to continue to play the most challenging activity in the game whether it be the raid or whatever right i think that if everybody got a vex mid the class then there would be no reason to play the raid and i think that's part of the problem with the vault of glass that we have right now because they're giving you Fatebringer and vision of confluence in so much abundance that it doesn't feel special anymore right so there, mm. there really needs to be that fine line. There needs to be that balance. I'd like to see overall for the game to be accessible for everybody, but I also think that there needs to be a reason for you to chase after the most difficult things in the game. I so remember exactly. when I first got my Gallarhorn, like that felt special, right? Well, it, it, did it feel special though? Because it was, I mean, I, I, obviously it did at the time because Gallarhorn was the big A plus thing, but it was random, right? I, I see a lot of people at the moment saying, make things like Mythoclast a quest exotic. And then to your point, Corn, about people needing a reason to kind of invest their time in it. Like, make it a really fucking convoluted quest exotic. Fine. That yeah. needs me to go in and complete Vault of Glass like three or four times. Because then what you're getting back to is the Touch of Malice. Do you remember the Touch of Malice? That... Yeah. I still remember that exotic quest and I still remember everything that I did to go through it. And the good, there was a good thing there in that I could do it almost all on my own time. Yes, I had to complete the raid a few times, but I was, I was okay with doing that because it, there was a bunch of other quest steps which could be done on my own time. Like grabbing all those little um, nuggets of like 
thrall poop or whatever they were from around the uh, uh i don't i don't even remember what that what it was like what were they calcified fragments, fragments or something like that let me tell you a little yeah. story right once when i was uh, a kid uh, i was uh, at one of my mates house and his uh, parents had told him to mow the lawn and he had a really big dog and uh, he, he was like, we've got to go around uh, the garden and uh, clean up after the dog before we mow the lawn, because obviously you don't want to take a big, powerful mower over a <laughs> dog log, because that would just create a lot of mess. And uh, in one corner, we found this old calcified shit, and it was, it was just fucking white, right? It's this big, <laughs> this big, white, old dog and my friend was like leave that one there and i'm like what what are you doing and he got the fucking mower out and he went straight over the calcified <laughs> shit with his power mower and, and it instantly just powdered it and turned it into this white fucking cloud that went straight over him because he was right on top of it with the fucking mower oh god so he got a fucking mouthful of calcified <laughs> dog shit oh that's so bad I was oh. fucking, I was eight years old. This was 33 years ago, and I still remember it exactly the fucking same to this day. Where, oh, my God. Like, I, I don't know why it was just someone said calcified fragments. I'm like, I know a story about taking a lawnmower over a calcified dog poop. <laughs> anyway, Tony Malice, that was a great quest. <laughs> and I, I think if there are I, and I, I definitely agree with the with the quest idea, especially if they're going to have that exotic weapon yeah. be part of what you need for a title. Yeah. I've, I've said this since titles became a thing. RNG should never be part yeah. of you getting a, a title. I, I can't count the, the number of times I I've seen people running bit of heresy for the the pieces or shattered throne for the drops you needed out of there for Riven's Bane and um the the Yeah. I remember when we were getting uh stuff vaulted and people who wanted Wayfarer were suddenly like plowing into escalation protocol on Mars because they were missing like one piece of armor or one weapon it's like is a piece of content that nobody has played in 18 months and suddenly it's one of the most popular things because people want the one one thing for their wayfarer title like yep. that's and they were grinding it and some people literally didn't get it because rng said no computer says no fuck you mm -hmm. you ain't getting your title get out yep so I was playing with one of those guys, and when when he got really angry that he didn't get it, I just popped my Wayfarer title on. I didn't tell him. I just waited for him to notice. He got really angry at that. <laughs> Talk about a way to piss someone off. <laughs> so I kind of I was just crazy. That's why I went for that Reckoner seal because I hadn't done any seals because of RNG because I I hate RNG like with a passion. So I was like, I'm not I'm not boring my butt to do those. And literally. Reckoner came along. It was the first seal that wasn't RNG based at all. Yeah, and I grinded it out. It was a, it was a what you what you're saying. It was just a hard grind. You had to log in each week and progress all your characters and to even get a chance of doing it. 
but at least you knew you could grind towards it rather than potentially have to log in each week to try and get it. Like at this yeah. week, I know it's quite a high drop, like in my sort of like a wider circle, people getting their Vex for the first time because they're hitting like the 50s now of loaded I, runs. Yeah. Which I is saw wild. that guy. I saw that guy 50, 55 runs and he got his Vex and then we went straight into maintenance and he couldn't use it. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> so do you know how many runs it took me to get my Vex? Go on. Two. Fuck, man. Two. I didn't do man. <laughs> Second run. <laughs> I said it could be two, it could be two hundred. Okay, that's crazy. It took me like sixty runs to get my uh, what is what is that uh, from the last wish? Um, What's that weapon? One thousand voices. One K. The one K. Yeah, took me forever to get the one K. So the other the other issue there is like again by not making it a quest exotic by making it totally random like you're you're also putting a player's effectiveness much more in the hands of RNG. Because did you see how much of the kill total that Mythoclast accounted for in last week's trials? It was fucking dumb. For a a weapon that is so controversial in how it drops at the moment, and the, the just pure dumb luck that you have to have to get it drop, for for it to be that effective as well is bananas to me yeah yeah i've used it in trials and it was pretty it was pretty op and i'm not a trials player so if i was able to do work with it then you know that it was pretty deadly if i had mythoclast in trials i would get at least a 0.5 kd every match with it (laughs) on a slightly different topic if Destiny as a franchise could branch into something new, what <laughs> could they potentially do? What do you I promise. I promise not to talk about pornography now. Okay. <laughs> but I'm out, of, I'm out of ideas. So, Cold Death and Pigeon, it's over to you. <laughs> yeah. So, I, I still think it's going to be an action genre um, going forwards. Um. They've already started evolving towards this this idea of it being like a the best action game available, um, and that kind of think that kind of defines it a bit further than just saying it's an MMO, it's an RPG, it's a first person shooter. So that's kind of where I think it's trending towards. I I think so as well. I I'd I'd like to see it kind of narrow the focus rather than being this broad stroke we're gonna hit 10 different genres let's let's narrow it down a little bit kind of fine-tune and and focus i personally would like for there to be a tv show like a series on tv that (laughs) digs deeper into the story yes please like a like a soap opera I want, yeah. I want a, a Destiny EastEnders. That's what I want. Or in your case, a a porno featuring yours truly Zavala. Could we could we could we combine the two? Could we combine the two and have a pornographic soap opera? So like every, every 
every week, <laughs> like you're you're following the love life of like a different Destiny character, <laughs> and just where like a normal soap opera would cut to a different scene when the bedroom door closes, instead they just go straight in, and they like watch. Maybe you get Ikora and Amanda lezzing it up in an evening, or like you're watching um, uh, Zavala. You know, the man of the hour. He's always my leading man. You know, you see, you see him just working his way around the female population of the last city. Maybe it's maybe that. That's it. Zavala, uh, Zavala's sexual escapades. I reckon that would make an excellent alternate destiny. So could we, rather than Sex in the City, do Sex in the yeah. Last City? Oh, my, oh my God. God. That's genius. Sex in the Last City. Oh, That's perfect. Sex in the Last City. And you, you've you got, like, who would be the four main characters, then, if you've got Sex in the Last City? Obviously, I'm going to insist on uh, Big Z being oh, yeah. in there. I'm so going to insist on Marisov because she's freaking hot. Come on. Nice. She she'll be like the she'll be the difficult shag, the one that you know, the one that everybody <laughs> wants, but it's a real mission to even she see a little bit. It's hard of to get, but she's really being controlled by Savathun, who's really making her super hard to get. There it is. There it is. Oh, and then that's gonna make a great pilot. <laughs> and then you have uh, Ikora and Drifter. Like oh, that. the Drifter. Oh, man. Yeah, he's that one guy who always insists on anal, isn't he? he just look at, look, at the, look at the state of him. He, he just, he's, he's like, all right, all right, all right. Show me that butthole, baby. And, and, it, like, <laughs> and then it cuts to a different scene because no one wants to see the Drifter getting his end of All I'm picturing right now is when you like get 10 kills in a row in the Crucible, and Lord Shax starts screaming, yes! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, that's right. <laughs> he does, doesn't he? <laughs> he, starts, he starts going off. And that's like, it, like, it's, like it's having a really triumphant wank. Yes, that's, that's a good way to put it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Come on, don't, don't, don't act like you don't know what I'm talking about, Cornelio. But... <laughs> <laughs> silence but, but i i agree i i would love to see destiny move into film or, or or tv and even if it's something with even if it's a movie or or show that's just you know netflix or amazon um not something that's like main you know on a major cable channel. They should uh, animate it as well. I, d- I don't know if you've been watching like What If or Oh yeah, uh, right? Like that's that's some good shit right there. And uh like my kids were watching the Demon Slayer anime, like that's crack as well. Like there's some really high quality animated stuff around it. I just think I think animated Destiny would be peak D2 tv for me yeah oh yeah that would be so epic and they make really good art and music so they can Mm -hmm. utilize those skills to really flush out the story and tell the entire destiny story like it was yeah right to be told and i'd i'd like to to be something that is not you know current but is something like hey show us history you know where the hive began 
and mm. how the how the hive became where you know where right. they're at right now. Show me how we awoke the hive, please. That's enlighten me. Such yeah. a good idea. Well, I, like I would go back to all of those shitty old law books from D one. Like, do you remember the Book of Sorrow? Like, oh, yeah. show me, show me Oryx's origin story, like something yes. like that, or uh, the the lore entries from all of the old Leviathan weapons. Show me yeah. the the coup that happened in the Cabal Empire, like stuff like that. Like mm-hmm. that's that's like hard hard sci fi Destiny two anime. That's what I want to see. Like that kind of shit. I would fucking lap that up. Then you wouldn't get me yeah. moaning about how bad the Kaitel story is. <laughs> they could yeah. honestly do that as a a proper way to fill in plot holes and story gaps. Oh, I'm big thinking, time. Like, I mind when, uh, the, I don't know if you know, remember the Matrix, the, the mini yes. stories that we did. Yes. That's kind of what you remember there. Like just a bunch of mini stories yeah. that, that, like, add depth to the universe and yeah i'd love something like that as well didn't really think about the the visual side like or the uh a tv series that as far as the franchise so, yeah I'd, that's what that's what i'm it. at i'd love it come in that, that uh it, it's kind of funny that we mentioned animated because um in in my memories on facebook today i had um this post from like three years ago show up that um somebody took destiny and they animated what would be like an intro to a tv show in the old school like 90s thundercats style and it is the coolest minute of animated destiny that i have ever seen on a slightly different topic, what grinds your gears in Destiny? Gibbo, what, what would you say? <laughs> Apart from Gambit. Like, Gambit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I, to be honest, I've already spoken about it. It's, um, it's RNG disrespecting my time. Just pointless. Like, I, don't, I don't mind drops with bad perks, but I mind like getting things that literally make no meaningful difference to the time that I've played. And that's usually around the power grind. I, I actually think we, we don't need the power grind anymore. Like because trials, trials and the search for loot in trials has shown us that it really doesn't matter what power level you're getting. If the loot itself and the method by which you get it is interesting. So I think they could literally just get rid of power as a number in the game and change difficulty via things like, uh, you know, they did day one contest, for example. Like, why why can't they go more into how they used that as a system to make difficulty in the game? They don't need the power level to do something like that. Yeah. So yeah. that's that's... That's my thoughts on this. Like, I would, I would just, I, the power, just the whole power grind is fucking pointless and it grinds my gears and I would just get rid of that. And also, like, they, they actually gate you away from content via the power grind. 
So like this is a, a, another another one of these things that just na- makes no sense to me. If I if I had come off a significant time away, and I was and my mates were like, let's play trials this weekend, I I would get farmed because I would not be at the right power level. But trials is less and less about power level every week. Right, it'll it'll get to the it'll get to the point where power level means literally nothing, and it's a hundred percent about the skill that you take into the game. So why make power level anything to do with it in the first place? But if I'd have taken like half a year off, let's had a kid, work was busy, didn't like Destiny or, or whatever, and I come back and I'm like two hundred and fifty power behind my mates, and they're like trials is this weekend, and I'm like good for you. I'm going to be grinding strikes and gambit so that I can get some fucking drops to get me up to enough power to play with you guys in three weeks time. What the hell is that? It's such. It's such a bad. It's a. It's just an old system now that needs just needs to be gotten rid of it is changed and shifted up i'm done with the power grind i think it it worked when there was the the grind itself like there wasn't much to to really grind for um yeah you had to get maybe 50 levels of power but there were very specific ways to do it and the drops were a lot easier than I would mm. say they they are now. Yeah, you get more drops now, but you have a higher likelihood of those being in a slot that you don't need. Yeah. Just so say I, no. I, I would kind of I, I I would agree with that and then just RNG in, in general. Like I, I get why it's there, but when you have a pool of of weapons and armors that are so large that you you know it takes you 10 runs to get one weapon that that you're looking for that's when it starts becoming monotonous Mm. let us let us reduce that rng a little bit and give us a, a way to say hey I want this one weapon. Give me a way to just focus on that one weapon. I don't care how long it takes me, but I want that one weapon. So you know what grinds my gears in Destiny? Vault space. And... uh, (laughs) Really? No, but seriously, vault space and coming out of a nightfall... And then I enter orbit and it says, Your postmaster is out of space. Anything else will be deleted. Warning. It's like, fuck, why? (laughs) Why is this a problem? And then I have a crap ton of blues that are just piling up, right? And, like, for me, I don't have a lot of time to play. So the limited time that I have to play, I have to be mindful of my time, and I don't have the time to manage vault space. And it feels like a chore where it's almost like, an extension of playing the game is to really spend an hour or two hours just managing all the crap that you've gotten in the game because you've been playing so much. Yeah. Yeah. That's I always, I always get harped on because everyone's like, yeah, I'm max in my vault. And I'm like, I'm sitting here at 175 things out of 500 in my vault. How dude, that's like, I'm at 500 out of 500, like every week. I can't manage. What am I on? 
right now. I'm I'm on three hundred and seventy out of five hundred, and and that's after literally just shoveling everything from this season into my vault, thinking I'll come back to it later. Do you, you yeah. use dim? You use dim, don't you, Colin? I do use Dim, and actually, on the topic of Dim, we're actually going to have the developer, the lead developer of Dim, on the show next week. Hint, hint. Did you did you did you push him back after you found out that I was going to be on here, so that you didn't upset him and get banned from Dim? (laughs) I mean, a safe bet. (laughs) Yep. How'd you know? How'd you know? (laughs) But with Dim, right? With Dim, you've got the wish list function. You've got the loadout optimizer. Like between those two things, you should be able to get rid of 50% of the trash in your vault easily. I mean, yes, it will take a couple of hours to do that. It did for me, but that got me down from 500 to just under 300 after I'd sat down and done it. And now I've got no worries about just, like I said, just shoveling all of this season's garbage in just so that I, now that I know how to do it, I'll just go back and do it again. You've got no excuse. It's a you problem, Cornelio. See, in like a similar vein of like, or a similar train of thought, should I say? See, having to swap mods constantly between activities. Oh, because, God. yeah. I like, that. <laughs> that, that's like a result of like, for me, that's like holding on to that one PCR, that one armor set combo that's like my best stats for that activity. And then having a, I'm going, right, okay, I'm going into a, crucible now it's time to put my crucible mods on like yeah. try to get try to gather armor sets for each of those things like oh i've got my crucible set my pv set i've got my gambit set like i'm over that like just let me swap like have a, a, an easy way to swap mods quickly like loadouts yep just need a loadout just a loadout system within the game like within something game, yeah yeah something that's that, awesome that, as them is by the way like of them Dim is great. Dim is great. But the reason Dim exists is because that functionality doesn't exist in the game. Ultimately. Yeah. <laughs> like, let's, yeah. let's be honest about that. I love Dim, but I need a loadout optimizer in Destiny so that I can just in-game go, click, okay, now I've got my PvP loadout on. Click, okay, now I've got my PvE loadout on. Like, whatever. I, I remember when they added that feature, and I can't remember what expansion it was but they added that feature to world warcraft and it was <laughs> like the sky parted the light started beaming down and you just heard <laughs> angels singing because it was the greatest thing that they could have added and it made switch switching between activities 10 times easier now we just need to get the glimmer cost for everything removed and yeah. if I don't think that <laughs> putting spider. new mods in your armor should cost 500 glimmer. I have never been to the Tangled Shore so much as I, as I have this season. Just between constant, constantly refreshing bounties in Trials... Mm-hmm and constantly swapping mods out here and there i'm like where's all my fucking glimmer gone and now i'm getting to the point where i've only got like three pieces of data lettuce and i'm fucked on that as well so it's like what why why is all of this shit costing me this mundane bollocks that doesn't need to be in the game i think i think the concept of 
these materials in itself is just kind of mundane and kind of I don't know it doesn't it doesn't add fun to the game. Nobody gets excited about, oh, we're going to go farm for data lattice. What? <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, nobody does that, right? If anything, <laughs> it feels like a chore and something that you have to do. And that's probably Seriously, right. from back in D1 when you had to go and farm materials till your head explodes. For the exotic. Do we re- remember farming 25 hadmium flakes for yes. the swords? For, well, that was, yeah. was yeah. I still know that route. <laughs> it was. Oh God, just no, just yeah. no. <laughs> I I remember running around in a circle for I think close to five hours on the dreadnought just to get like I think I ended with like ten flakes. On uh, on Sunday, I was playing uh, Trials with um, Bundy Tiger. He's the third host of the Destiny Addicts podcast. And uh, was it Sunday? No, it was Tuesday, actually, where we were panicking because we were trying to get what, a couple more games in before reset. And he's like, oh, it won't let me buy a fucking Passage of Mercy. What's going on? And he's like looking at his glimmer and he's like, I've only got 7,000 glimmer. And so we literally had to go and farm a couple of lost sectors so that Bundy would have enough glimmer to go into Trials of Osiris. That, that says everything to me about how fucking stupid making putting glimmer costs on anything is mm-hmm. at the moment. It's just... It's just another one of those weird little arbitrary things that's in the game that you kind of question what the objective behind it is. Like, I would love to know that, actually. What is the objective behind putting a glimmer cost on these things? What, what's, the, what's the gameplay, the desired gameplay behavior that they want? Is it to go and see the spider several times because if it is mission fucking accomplished because i see that guy more than i see my mum <laughs> so what do you all do when you're not gaming or playing destiny oh um i have a 9 and 12 year old that keep me very busy I have my nine to five job that uh, I work Monday through Friday, that I'm a auditor for a health insurance company. See the silence there, how excited we are to hear about health insurance auditing. <laughs> yep. okay, I feel you though. I feel yeah. you though, because back back in the UK, <laughs> good fucking 15 years ago now before i moved to japan i i worked in business insurance as an underwriter so i know exactly how how boring your job probably is yeah it's it, you know definitely it, it pays the bills and <laughs> there it is I, <laughs> I get to work i get to work from home so you know that's yeah that's a plus, especially it is, during 100%. these times. Yeah. So now, is it kind of similar to uh, this movie called Fight Club, where you are a <laughs> adjuster and like <laughs> there's, there's like this whole scene. You guys know what I'm talking about. 
I, I know exactly what you're talking about. Um, for me, it's I'm I'm the person that I go through and we process who knows how many claims a month, and so we pull a a small sample of those claims, and I look at them and just make sure we process them correctly the way they should have been and um, <laughs> that everything was was paid correctly but hold on you're in the u.s so health yes. insurance auditing in the u.s let's have some yeah. fun what is the most ridiculous claim that you've ever had to deal with i've i've seen dollar amounts well over the five hundred thousand dollar range may yeah i i see it and i just i well and you gotta i mean this is so i should say five hundred thousand dollars of what the hospital is billing not what we're actually not what they're actually getting paid because then you have things that factor in like um there's a contractual obligation that they have to write off so much of it depending on their agreement with the with the insurance company and all this other fine fine details that lowers that amount but still seeing that these places are billing that much for something that you need or you die is pretty ridiculous that must be crazy. soul destroying it is yeah, I, I mean, Japan also has health health in Japan also has health insurance, but I think it's it's just way less predatory than the American system sounds mm-hmm. to me. Like a, you still you still get the odd shit thing that happens in Japan because of the way that the system works, but it definitely feels like it's the exception to the rule as as opposed to something that is more regularly like occurring out there. Whereas Pigeon just sat there in silence with the good old NHS, which pays for literally everything. (laughs) He could go go and have a lobotomy and it'd only cost him six quid. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I like to look after myself. So uh, yeah, Uh, I can't really pass comment on that stuff, but it's kind of wild hearing about it at least so so have you gotten the lobotomy for six quid is that what actually happened <laughs> <laughs> it was a vasectomy not a lobotomy <laughs> <laughs> wow <laughs> pigeon firing blanks for the win Get my brain ripped out and then my balls ripped out, okay? (laughs) Yeah. Oh, perfect. What do you think with if you don't have your brain or your balls now then? (laughs) Reject brain, embrace balls. (laughs) Yeah. This dribbling mess in the corner. So, Gibbo, you're you're in Tokyo. What what do you do? What what do you do for fun? Like what what do you do? What's how what? is your life like? I mean, you are this crazy personality on this crazy podcast that talks about some crazy shit. Like, who's who's the real Gibbo? 
Tell me about you. <laughs> wow. Like, are you my psychologist now? This is the real game. <laughs> I might be by the end of this podcast. We'll find out. <laughs> yeah, do it. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I don't know. I think my life outside of Destiny is relatively mundane. Uh, like, this personality that you see, this is the real giveaway, by the way. Like, my friends outside of Destiny get both barrels just the same. I just... I talk about other dicks apart from Zavala's because they don't know who Zavala is. Um, Zavala's not the only one. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's it. That's exactly it. Like, you know, di- penis obsessions. Who can go figure? Um, so I, I, much, much like uh, claims adjuster in a health insurance company, I have the exciting privilege of uh, doing HR in a web tech company. <laughs> so it's very much like, yeah, do my day job and then, you know, come home and destiny is escapism for me. Um, as the name suggests, I do a martial art as well. So that takes up an inordinate amount of my time. So between like work, martial arts, family and destiny, that's that's pretty much it. That's me. I don't do much else. People think living in Tokyo must mean that, you know, I get blowjobs from robots and I can see into the future and stuff like that. But, you know, you then you then kind of tell them, like, you guys all think Tokyo and, you know, Japan is so advanced. I've still got a fucking fax machine that gets use. So, wow. Don't, yeah. Right. Don't tell me about, about the future when I've got a fucking fax machine and new models of fax machines are still being designed in Japan. That tells That's me amazing. everything that I need to know about how advanced this country is or is not. Have they tried using dinosaurs? Um, I, I think dinosaurs probably still exist here, to be honest. <laughs> They're the ones using the fucking faxes. Oh, man. Fax machines yeah. get really pure. Is it true that in Tokyo they have these like markets where you can essentially buy parts to build your own iPhone, for example? Like literally, you can just buy like uh, processors. For random you're shit. probably you're probably talking about uh, Akihabara, which is like Electric Town, basically, and you you go there and like, you can you you buy like all the bits for like your PC off the shelf. Like there are literally shops where you can get everything you need for an entire gaming rig off the shelf and you would put it into like a fucking trolley and cart it around to the the uh, register and they've got what and then imagine that for like plenty of other things so like for gaming consoles there's like a big retro gaming console market in uh in tokyo like like you say with the mobile phones and stuff like that so it's it's possible to to do that shit with various things in in Akiba, it's I like I like that place. It's it's one of my favorite places in Tokyo. I gotta say, it's good. Now I, I gotta ask because one thing that I have an obsession about is with Japanese food. That's I thought you were gonna food. say I thought you were gonna say anime titties. That too, but we're not gonna talk about that on the show tonight. But <laughs> uh, we will talk about the food, and I'm curious. Yeah. What is your favorite gaming food? Gibbo, I got to ask you first because I got to know. You're in Tokyo, probably the coolest place that I have never been to in my yeah. life yet. 
but what would you say what's your favorite gaming food do you do you have sushi is that like your thing man i'm gonna i'm gonna disappoint you here and i'm just gonna say fried chicken okay no fried chicken bro i fucking i fucking love japanese fried chicken right what is japanese fried chicken how is that different from american fried chicken well, I whenever whenever I hear American fried chicken, I immediately think things like KFC, right? And just the, the Japanese stuff, it just looks, smells, and tastes completely different. And, and like I can't, I, it's it's hard to describe what like is. So they, they call it karage, right? Which literally means like deep fried, and it's just like different different types of like butter and oil and like salts and herbs and and stuff like this which end up making like four or five different styles of like this uh this deep fried chicken which is just fucking imagine me making a kissy chef's face and and that's it and then at parker our purpose is simple we want to make the world a better place by working more efficiently by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies, we keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Understanding that you can buy that from convenience stores. And it's already better than any fucking KFC you'll ever taste. And it's like a dollar for a piece. You're like, this is fucking this this is why this is why I'm here. It's not very hard to, you know, out compete KFC, just for the record. Uh, yeah, but, that, um, that's true. That's true. But it's just like deep fried, deep fried Japanese food in general. Like if I'm going a bit out market, like I won't eat it while I'm playing fucking video games, but uh tempura which is oh, I uh, love tempura right so i love i do like a bit of tempura but i can't eat too much of it because a little bit too much oil starts to play on your downstairs and uh <laughs> you just you know it, it comes out like a flock of sparrows basically yep shit happens uh, it, oh, <laughs> shit happens in really big messy runny ways if i eat too much tempura that's very um, descriptive thank you you're welcome so there's that, and there's also uh, katsu. So you, you guys, have you heard of ta- katsu, tonkatsu? Yeah, I've made katsu. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep, I've made so that. Mm-hmm. Katsu, again, when you get some good katsu with like some proper like Japanese beef and like decent oil and, and this kind of stuff, that stuff is also the fucking bomb, man. So my deep fried Japanese foods is where I'm at. Everyone's thinking, oh, but sushi and sashimi and all of this exotic shit. Like, fuck that, man. Give me your upmarket deep fried bollocks. Give me fucking hardened arteries every day of the week. That's what I'm in for. I love that. Mm-hmm. 
Now, what about Pigeon? What would you say? Being Scottish, what is your go-to? Oh, he, he'll deep fry fucking anything, man. Like Mars bars, slices of pizza. <laughs> Go like, do you really? Slices of pizza. Well, my, my appetite changes all the time. And right now I'm on like a health kick. So it's kind of, I'm sitting here just going, oh my lord, I need to I want to eat everything. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so what's your team? go-to? What's the one thing? Oh, dude. I need to think about I, I still need to think about this. If you're talking like proper food food, then I'm pure I'm so fussy. Like right now I've been living on chicken and rice for like two or three weeks with the <laughs> odd takeaway. Um nice. but with that I just like finger food, like I'll grab a baggy and you're gonna have to feel this kevo flipping bag I'll grab a bag of nuts here and there and I'll uh tan smile and brew. Honestly, oh, Iron Brew, you are so fucking Scottish. That is <laughs> yeah. that is awesome. Do you have do you have ginger hair? No, no. Oh, you need to give back your passport then. In that case, <laughs> listen, I make up for it in other ways, man. It's fine. Um, <laughs> out with that, if I'm indulging, then I do love a good pizza, man. Like that's comfort food for me. Yeah. And uh, have I've you ever had have, have you ever had deep fried pizza? Oh, of course, of course. Yeah, really deep fun. fried pizza. Yeah, that yeah. Is, we, we call it pizza that that. It's, it's king's uh, food. It's king's, uh, it's king's food, food. For, especially it's for the pe- student. Pizza and butter, man. Uh, it's, there's nothing like it. Uh, it's glorious. Count me in for uh, ten of those. They're great. I actually had a, a really good chat recently about food, but like, I do enjoy a good burger as well. But that's more for eating out rather than sit gaming. But if I'm at my if I'm at my desk gaming, it's finger food sort of things, and then. Yep. If I'm getting a takeout, then I'm I'm jamming. But right now, I am trying to behave myself, and this conversation is not <laughs> helping in the slightest. Like, I'm dreaming of like tempura, chicken, and flipping. Oh, you're making me hungry. Damn. After the podcast, I'm gonna have a feast. Let me tell you. And Death Stranding is coming out in like a couple hours after that. Oh man, it's gonna be <laughs> it's gonna be made. great. I already set aside time that Death Stranding is going to pretty much take up a good chunk of my night. So that's going to be fun. But uh, food-wise, Cold Death, what would you say? What's your go-to gaming food? So if I'm, if I'm sit- sitting down gaming, um, like for opening DLC days, um, it's finger stuff. I'm, you know, I've got a bag of jerky. I've got nuts. I've got gummy bears or gummy worms. Oh man, you're um, making me hungry. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> uh but yeah, it's you know, mainly stuff that isn't gonna get everywhere because I don't feel like taking my keyboard apart and cleaning it. Um, but if I'm sitting down for, for dinner and I can have anything, it's gonna be steak and ribs. So hang on, do you do you eat this stuff over your keyboard? No. Did you say? Because I can, I can imagine that it's a right kerfuffle to take all of the keys off your keyboard, and you like shake, you sh- shaking the keyboard, and all of this anal cheese falls out of it, and you're like, "What? What? I don't remember eating any of that." And there's, he's just, it's start nibbling away on it anyway, right? Mm-hmm. Well, and that's that's why, I, like, I try and keep, uh, like crumbly food, like chips and stuff, like I keep it away from my desk, um. 
because it's it's just too big a mess. <laughs> I already I already have a nine and twelve year old that I'm cleaning up after. I don't need to clean up after a thirty five year old child. Responsibility. <laughs> right. There you go. There you go. So my my go to food, especially during release day, whenever a new content releases in Destiny, that's like my go to. I get sushi. I get a three roll combo. Okay. Two spicy <laughs> tuna rolls, one, one shrimp tempura roll. You best believe. It's my go-to. <laughs> they they give me some miso soup, so I have a little little something on the side, you know, something something extra. And then some, I also some have dishwater. And then I also have <laughs> I like that. I also have Ben and Jerry's because I am just I dude, I have pints of that. Like right now in my fridge, I probably have six pints of Ben and Jerry. Every week I have to have that. Like that's like my go-to. But that's not gaming food. That's just me being a um how do I how do I put this and be politically correct? Um I enjoy ice cream. There we go. I I, str- I struggle with uh, ice cream these days because my really? I, my my teeth I'm just getting old, right? And like my my wife likes to turn the fridge down so cold that like when I pull ice ice cream out, it's like it's colder than a nun's vag, and I just struggle with putting that in my mouth, and like the whole thing just fucking explodes. And I was gonna say that's I what she said. Do it. <laughs> I struggle with putting it in my mouth. I mean, I mean, come on, that's just you know, you 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 earned it. That's you open the door. I lay them up for uh, you to play them up, man. That's why you brought me here. Thank you. That's that's why that's why Gibbo's here. Um, oh, if if you enjoy a good good ice cream, so I'll preface this saying that I'm from Idaho, so you know exactly what we are known for. And potatoes, exactly. Aha. So, so here they. At, at the state fair is where like it started but they have this thing called an ice cream potato it is literally <laughs> a an ice like like a real potato made with ice cream uh no so is it potato flavored ice cream because <laughs> oh, that God. sounds fucking horrid <laughs> so it's it is ice cream like a, a chunk of ice cream that is shaped like a potato it's sprinkled with uh, like cinnamon Damn. sugar on the outside to make it look like a potato. And then it's got, you know, the the toppings on top to make it look like a full fledged baked potato. But it's all made out of ice cream and whipped cream and chocolate sprinkles. That's, and that's so weird. I've, got, I've never, yeah. I've never heard of anything like that. <laughs> That's just why would you just not eat the ice cream? Why do you have to make it look like a potato? Because <laughs> that's that that's Idaho for you. That's the tradition. We, yeah, we we make everything into a potato some way somehow. That's. Have you heard of the Willy Festival in Japan? I have not. There is there is a festival which involves giant facsimiles of penises. I think I think it's to do with fertility, but it literally ends up with just 
giant cocks around everywhere. Let me see. <laughs> let me see if let me see if I can find a picture and I'll put it into Discord for you. Fertility Festival. Oh no, fuck! Don't want to do that on my fucking work computer, do I? <laughs> Wrong one. Hold on. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> They're like, uh, <laughs> to do it in your work computer. Yeah, hello, hello, Gibbo. Uh, we'd like to have a word with you about a recent search that involved pictures <laughs> of penises and uh, and why you were sharing that on the internet. Right, different keyboard. Talk and amongst yourselves. It's just a podcast. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, nothing, it's, nothing harmful. It's just a I show. Hope, I hope you can it's do that podcast, podcast full time because we're firing you. Yeah. Uh, right. Let me see if I can find it. Oh, yeah. Look at this. where can i put it <laughs> cornholio i need i need somewhere put it in general you, there's too in, many chat rooms in, in here in general okay right yeah in general okay there, there. <laughs> oh my god <laughs> Why? <laughs> <laughs> I, I got a couple more good ones for you. Okay, here we, here oh, we go. That's there we go. Okay, this is this is and just so that you know that I'm not fucking lying, and that's not just a random, just some random picture. It's, oh my god, that is. I'm not gonna. Yeah, about that. I got nothing. I got nothing. <laughs> so now, now you've got like, uh, in general, you've got like, all these people going, "Who the fuck is this newbie? And why has he just posted four pictures of giant cocks and ladies <laughs> sucking dick-shaped lollies into, into general?" I mean, it really is the spoiler tag. They, they, oh, I've just found I've just found the best the best one. Here we go. Last one, just to make it five for five. Look at this fella. Oh my god! <laughs> nice they, yeah, it's it's the it's a perfect helmet, isn't it? Yeah, <laughs> it's the helmet. It's the helmet. <laughs> it's, it's the helmet. Helmet. <laughs> oh my gosh. There you go. There it's you go. Much. I hope. I hope. Uh, I hope I've brought a little bit of international culture to your um, discourse. I feel, I feel much more cultured today. You feel educated. It's, it's an education that I bring wherever I go. Now, on on that topic, on that topic, if you could have lunch with anyone from Bungie. <laughs> would it be? Do, I, can't say, I, I can't even ask with a straight face. Can, can I be wear, Can I be wearing the helmet helmet while I'm having lunch? You should. That that would be probably Absolutely. highly encouraged. Yes, Absolutely. please do. I'd probably say, look, Smith. I think he's just a dude. He's just yeah, like he's the kind of guy. I like if you didn't know who he was, you would walk past him in the street and we you think twice. So I think that's mm-hmm. pretty cool. I think that's cool as fuck. Like, just like, at some, you're just walking past, you're like, duh, duh, duh. someone's like, Who's, look at this dude. And I'm like, it's fucking Luke Smith. I'm like, who the fuck's that? Like, ah. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I'd be able to pick his brain bank. He'd just be so chill as well. Given on what what I've seen he's like in his uh, Vidocs and all that stuff. 
I know that's like the most cliche answer, but yeah. You know, if I can ask Luke Smith one thing, why would you tell people about throwing money at the screen during any any event? I, I just I gotta know what he was thinking, mate. Honestly, <laughs> like uh, maybe it was a joke. I, maybe it was a joke, and I, I you know, but I, that's, I'm a, that's a that's a shit joke to go to your entire player base with. I've got to say. Because it just it just immediately makes you sound mercenary, like a hundred percent mercenary. It's like we are here to screw as much cash out of you bastards as possible. That's how it sounds. All your money. Yeah, don't see, worry. I I may not prevail that, so I must have missed that. Must have been absent. Oh man, I want it's, one of those old sandwiches. School. It's old school. I would, uh, if, if it was me, I would go with whoever their head, like, communications director is. Like, I'm not going to go with the oh dev. Oh, my God. I um, know who it is, too. I know who I, it is, too. Uh, okay. I, <laughs> yeah. I, who, whoever it is. I'm, I'm just going to go with whoever yeah. that is. And, and just sit them down and ask them what the fuck their strategy is supposed to be. Because and I, I'm, I'm of the opinion that Bungie needs to rethink their whole communication strategy uh, right from the ground up because the, the twat is a one, it's a one, di- the twat, it's a one directional um, weekly blog that doesn't, it doesn't often create the reaction that I think they're hoping that it creates. And last week's trials fiasco was a perfect example of this. And so the the reason that I I want to talk about, talk with them about their strategy is like when, when they put that twat out, uh, what, what reaction were they hoping to get from the wider community? Right. Because they, they, they could have, and I think I've already put this on, on the Destiny Addicts podcast, but they could have added like an additional paragraph to that that said, we know this is going to have the following effects and talk about, you know, making it harder to play with your friends, making it harder to do carries. And then they could have also said, but this is an experiment for us. and We're just going to ask you to be patient with it for this week. We'll take your feedback mm-hmm. on it. And then we're going to reiterate on it later on. Right. They could have put something like that in the twat. But instead, they were just like, this is it, you've got it, go. And there was no real follow-ups. The only follow-ups that we got that added more information were from poor old DMG on his fucking wedding day responding to internet trolls who were whining and pissing all over Twitter about it. Now, that doesn't strike me as the most effective communications strategy in the world. I've got to say, so I would be I would be looking for something that involves maybe a little bit more two way, and with that, I think part of their communication strategy also needs to involve having an actual partner manager team that focuses on the content creators. Because I don't, if you saw the reactions of people like Ganada Jake and Cami Cakes. If they'd have if they'd have had actual partner managers who could work with people like that to 
help at least moderate their reactions to some things. I think that the total community reaction to trials last weekend would probably have been different because some of the, the biggest, loudest voices with the biggest, loudest followings within seconds of the twat going out were like, this is bullshit. This is how you can game the system for your own benefit, X, Y, Z. Now, that is the result of not having a strategy to deal with content creators when potentially controversial changes go out. So I would want to talk with somebody like that and just go, what is going on? Like, tell me that you've got a plan, man, because it really feels like, you know, you've you've unlocked the doors to the prison cell and you're just letting everybody run riot through the entire prison at the moment. Controversial. Uh, I think, you know, I think it's a great point. You know, I think that certain things could be better... I don't even know if the right word is moderated because you can't really control what another person decides to say. It's not like they're on an oh, NDA. You know, they, so, they can't. so let's say, let's say though, for instance, that you had partner communications and there was like 24 hours before the twat goes out. It's like, hey, content creators, here's a heads up on a thing that's coming out we've got you know you've got an nda with us which means we're going to ask you to not talk about it until this change goes out but here's the change here's our intention behind it here's how we hope you will react and support us on this we respect if you want to choose to do something different but here's our intention here's a heads up and so on and so forth right they could they could manage something like that so that people actually gave it a chance and didn't go flawless and out like they did last weekend. Like I, I, think, I think a good portion of the reaction was driven by content creators getting their perms out of shape. Fine, I'm sorry. I shouldn't have said what I said last week. I apologize. It was all your fault. <laughs> it was all your fault, Colin. It was all me. I apologize. But like, do you see what I'm saying? Like, if they'd have, if they had a way to kind of actually interact with content creators on a more regular basis to make content creators feel more heard, that wasn't Cosmo and DMG making individual responses occasionally on Twitter. I think that whole situation would have panned out differently. I th I think yeah. so as well. Yeah. No, I think that's a uh, all valid points. Oh, that was a really serious moment. Does anyone want to talk about Zavala's dick again? <laughs> Zavala's dick but is I, great. I'm glad I, I think if, we've reached consensus. If I had a chance to sit down with anybody, um, it would... Honestly, it, it would probably be DMG just to just to be able to tell him... You are a badass for being able to put up with all the shit that you put up with day in and day out from a, a large handful of, of the community and just be able to tell him thank you for doing such an awesome job that, that he does. Yeah. What about you, Pigeon? I spaced. I have completely spaced. Can you repeat the question? Who would, you, who would you want to have lunch with or oh, dinner yeah. with from Bungie? Uh, or breakfast, if you're into breakfast, you know, I'm not ju yeah. judging. That's fine. 
I said Luke Smith earlier, so every, is this the next meal of the day? Is that what you mean? Anymore. <laughs> yeah, you've got to spend an entire laundry. day eating food with lunch. With I like, need lunch. That's, that's my own food. I was like, how did I miss a question there? Not, I, I, I was like, am I being rude to you? Because I spaced, I'm like, no, I didn't miss. Right, aye. So yeah, look for lunch and then dinner with whoever starts with a D. Dinner with DMG, there you go. Dinner with DMG. We're on a roll here. Lunch, lunch with Luke Smith, dinner with DMG. Who's yeah. B? Uh, Brian Key. Obviously. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> so if I had to pick someone to, if I had to pick someone to have lunch with from Bungie, I would probably have to pick Jason Jones or Pete Parsons, but I would probably have to say Jason Jones because, um, that would be a communication that I've never had before with Jason Jones. So I'd like to sit down with him and kind of get an idea of his vision for destiny as a franchise and to learn about some of the behind the scenes stuff. Can I, can I change my answer to Marty McDonald to ask him why he's such a fucking lunatic? Oh man. Well, Marty O'Donnell isn't with Bungie. In fact, I think I, there might I, I, be a lawsuit going on between yeah, that's, them. That's exactly that's exactly why I'd want to have like lunch with him. I just stoke the fires. They stole it from you, Marty. It's yours. Put it out there. Go on, get it back on Twitter and Twitch and all of that. Everyone wants to download it. <laughs> I, I just go in for that. By the way, uh, Corn, I I've noticed yes. uh, on Twitch that uh, you use the Destiny Addicts. Uh, podcast logo rather than my personal twitch uh i mean uh, twitter avatar <laughs> <laughs> I, I feel like there's a good reason for that i feel severely misrepresented here i'm quite upset and a number of people have reached around and said that you know they they feel that that should be uh put back you know the the visual representation of my contribution is quite disappointing apparently do i need to change it uh can i mean just just for maybe like the last 10 minutes <laughs> well when we, when we have our next segment which will be very soon we'll, we'll change it over just for you thank so you we can really give you that maximum exposure that you really deserve because i want to make sure that you get the maximum benefit exposure <laughs> being the exactly appropriate word there exactly. well. absolutely <laughs> so we give you the right exposure <laughs> so on a slightly different topic you all are content creators you all are doing some awesome stuff in our community who inspired you in your journey, and why do you create content in Destiny? Uh, probably a combination of Dato and Houndish. They were they were like the first people that caught me when I started playing Destiny. Um, as far as like guides and stuff, so I, I just wanted to live and breathe the game, and I guess I got into YouTube, like watching YouTube videos, and they were some of the first that I got into. Uh, for making content, I I, I quite I always enjoyed Dato's videos. I I, I kind of kind of took after him quite a bit because he's quite geeky and I always kind of related myself to him in that sense. And uh, how least I just enjoyed. He always had content to watch. He, he like he could spin a, a story on anything, and 
I always enjoyed just having stuff to watch. So that kind of really kept me tied close to learning everything about the game and whatever was going on. So it was like that for guides and info, and then it was poundish for news articles and uh, that sort of side of things. Yeah, no, that's um, that's really well said. And Gibbo, I'm curious, you're a podcaster. <laughs> yeah, that was an accident. Why? Why? You know, I, well, I know it was an accident, but why do you still do it? It's been almost <laughs> yeah, 150 why, episodes. Why do we still do why, this? Why do, why, do, why, do you, why do you do it? Why do you create content? Why do people put up with our bullshit, I think, is probably a better question. Uh, yeah, look at that picture. It's there. <laughs> That's so good. All right, you've got me. You've got me. All right, I'll give you a real answer. In that I case, gave you then. that exposure. You wanted it, I gave it to you. There yeah. it is. Now I feel so represented. On, on the topic of the podcast, though. Yeah. Like, why so, do you, why you still why do, do I do it? I, I mean, first of all, I never intended to do anything like this. It was never like something that I set out to do at all. So, like, yeah, I knew there were people who were doing podcasts. I'm going to be honest here. Like, there are very few other Destiny podcasts that I even listen to. Like, I, I'll, get, on, I'll pick up yours occasionally, but I don't listen to every single one. I'm going to be honest. I just don't listen to podcasts. So for me, it was like, yeah, okay, I guess I'll do it. But, you know, it's not, it's not my thing. Um, like, like Pigeon, like there's one or two other content creators that I was watching uh, at, at the time. And I, you know, I thought, you know, what, what they did was something that was out of reach for me as well. Like, a, I didn't really have the time. I didn't have the skill either in the game or technically to create any anything like that. And so it wasn't really on my radar. And then Bushman, like I said, Bushman came along and he's like, oh, you've got a personality. Do you want to come and do our podcast? And he had done like one or two at the time and was just starting out. And so I joined Destiny Addicts from episode three from my fucking phone with like the lowest quality audio you've ever heard until Bushman bought me uh, a, a snowball mic. Um, and oh, what a guy. What a guy. I mean, I, I think he bought it with Patreon donations. So don't, don't give him too much kudos. He's still a fat cunt at the end of the day. Oh, I'm not, <laughs> I'm not, I'm not allowed to say that word. Am I? That's are you going to need to, well, for for the Scots, that's fine. That's the that's like calling someone your best friend back home, that is, isn't it? As I've had this conversation on podcast before. Okay, okay. So to to Cornholio's American the listeners, I'm sorry. For, I'm like, yeah, that's literally ingrained in my language. So it's, yeah, right. Like, I'm sorry for calling Bushman Bob a see you next Tuesday, uh, <laughs> but like for me, that's like saying hello, friend. How are you doing? Hey, man. Uh, yeah. Um, I, recently, uh, I, lo I love Bushman, right? So I know that he won't mind me taking the piss out of him. But uh, I used to call him uh, Heath Ledger's fat older brother. Because uh, he's an Aussie. Appropriate. Yeah. But uh, recently, I've taken to calling him budget David Hasselhoff. Oh, that's rough. It's, yeah, it's it's got a little bit of extra cut to it, which I like. Just a little bit. Just yeah, little yeah, bit. yeah, yeah. <laughs> He's, he's good. He's good. He's good value. He's good value. And I know he's listening now. He's good value. Apart from when he goes flawless behind your back and then drags you through the flawless matchmaking pool without telling you that that's what he's doing. 
for a good 40 minutes. Oh, then when he does that, he's a total wanker. But apart from those times, he's good value. Um, so anyway, I still haven't answered the question of why do I still do it? Yeah. Uh, I mean, I, re- I, just, I just enjoy talking shit with Bushman and Bundy, to be honest. Like there was, even, even when I wasn't playing Destiny, and there was, at the start of this year, there was like a four-month period where I genuinely was done with D2. And I can't even remember what it was that brought me back in. But for, for that period of time, we, we were still podcasting. We just weren't talking about Destiny. And we, we even toyed with changing the name of the show at that point because we were like, yeah, we still enjoy podcasting, but we're not going to talk about Destiny anymore. So what the fuck should we do? And, and then here we are, like, De- like uh, Bungie have fixed a, f- a few of the broken things. And, you know, we're playing, we're playing Destiny again. But for me, it's, it's a lot less about the game these days. The game is just like that more constant presence. And it's more just, you know, that I've just really enjoyed talking and laughing with those, those other two. If it was boring, I, would, I totally wouldn't be doing it now. But it's, it's because we can have the, the, the fun that we do on the podcast and, and it's still, it still have that 140, 145 episodes later is why I still do it. Fuck D2. Who gives a fuck about that? Friend game for the win. <laughs> so, Coldeth, what about you? Why do you create content? For, for me... Getting into Destiny content creation um, really came from uh, watching uh, Goth and Broman. Mm. Uh, those were the f- and and Dado. Those were the first big ones that it's, that I would watch day one raid races and and all of that, and then. Um, then of course, then discovered Glad and would watch them, um, but more recently, when I just I haven't had time to really watch watch other content creators, um, and as they've gotten older, my true inspiration has has become my kids because I want to make you know show them what they can do when they put their mind to something, and. I have my oldest who is like, hey, next year when I turn 13, can I start recording videos and start doing this and that? And I mean, he already runs a pretty decent <laughs> TikTok that he does random stuff on. And um, it just it, it impresses me how much they're latching on to what I do. So then that just motivates me to create better content and show them hey this is this is how you do it and lastly what is next for you all in your journey as content creators not getting banned Good not luck. Banned. <laughs> yeah. Like well, after after all the shit that I've said, and I don't doubt that there are Bungie employees that listen you know, to your podcast. They don't they definitely don't listen to us. After this episode, brother, I feel the same way. 
Blacklist. No, but but it's it's been such a pleasure to have you on, and I know you have to get going, so we're gonna we're gonna let you get going in just a moment here. Yeah. Um, but uh, before we do, I do want to learn more about what is next for Pigeon. Pigeon, what is next for you? So I'm actually. Well, whilst I'm studying just now, I'm studying at uni just now, so that's kind of maybe a big time sink. But for the time I do have, I've been um, dabbling in YouTube shorts. Um, this year we actually, on Twitch, applied for partnership twice, uh, but to no avail, unfortunately. So I'm kind of sort of back to the drawing board with it and trying to... Just keep growing what I already have. At the time I applied, I think I inflated my viewership just through doing a call to arms for like the Twitch partnership. Uh, and once that kind of fell through twice, the viewership kind of settled at a different level than what the partnership values were. So I'm literally back to the drawing board, build my content elsewhere, uh, pushing for a YouTube partner. I've been doing a lot of shorts recently. They've been really, really successful. It's insane, like it's insanely uh, gratifying, if, if that's the right the word. Uh, you, your your videos can get featured on all sorts of feeds, and it builds up your viewership very quickly. So, having a lot of success with that. Other than that, uh, graduating next year with an honors degree, and then who knows? And what's your degree point? in? What what is your degree in? Uh, I'm I'm studying sound design at uni just now, so I'm doing my honours year. Uh, I all I actually started four years ago, and I, I googled sound design jobs at Bungie, and right there in front of me was a sound design lead vacancy. And I'm like, that's that's like a that's like a five ten year plan kind of job. So that's that that's the dream working for Bungie. And the next, that. well, that'd be about five, six years now as a lead sound design. So I've got a long way to go. But yeah, graduate, build my content. Uh, I still have an amazing community. I still have an amazing stream. I'm confident what I can do. So, yeah. That sounds very ambitious. And best of luck to you in that. And, and Coldeth, what about you? Um, Mine is just kind of going day to day with with stuff i am not i don't really have anything set like hey this is this is what i want to uh, accomplish um just mainly working on growing the stream growing a, a community that supports me and that i can have fun with and that's kind of what i also work in in helping build clan nocturnal that that i admin for is you know fostering just a a group of guardians that are always down to either help or just play games just for fun you know whatever whatever the case may be i'm kind of surprised that nobody has uh suggested releasing their own line of destiny 2 sex toys is the next step in their journey I'm surprised that 
Gimbo I didn't, didn't mention that. <laughs> I, 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 I don't want to take that thunder from you. I, I figured well, that was your, your you know, plan. I, I so. thought, you know, you're two very savvy gentlemen and you've probably thought of that in some long-term business plan already. So I didn't, I didn't want to kind of go in there and steal your thunder. <laughs> some kind of like blue fire extinguisher shaped thing. <laughs> no, just me. <laughs> All right. Then. It's just you, bro. No, I'm good. Good. <laughs> good to know. Yeah, I'm I... glad we confirmed that. <laughs> so, Gimbo. Yeah. And we got to leave. We're going to let you go in just a minute. But before we do, where can we <laughs> learn more about you? and what you do in the destiny community uh what do i do with the Destiny? mostly troll people to be honest uh you can find us destiny addicts podcast on places like spotify uh we've got a discord server that i don't know the address for uh and uh we do lots of trolling of people like grenada jake allowing us to do stuff on twitch not twitch Twitter? Oh, yeah, and Bushman does Twitch, too. Bushman. Bush, uh, you should have got Bushman, right? He's he's the one that knows all of this stuff. I'm literally a fucking passenger. Like, imagine the noisy passenger who every now and then just, like, turns the windscreen wipers on in your car. Right? That's <laughs> that's me, right? I don't, <laughs> I don't do this. Like, I'm the kind of guy who sits in the passenger seat and leans over and just honks the horn at the car in front. And then it gets you into a road rage accident and stuff like that. Like you're asking the wrong guy. Just just put Destiny Addicts podcast into like Spotify or Twitch or Twitter, uh, and you'll find us. That's the easiest thing to do. There you go. Well, we wish you all of the best in your journey in Destiny. Thank you, and all the best with the podcast. And we can't wait to hang out more with you uh, sometime soon. And thank here, you so bro. much for your time, my friend. Yeah, likewise, gents. Thanks for your time. It's been a blast. A yeah. blast, guys. Absolutely. Catch you again. See ya. We do have one more thing to talk about. We have the weekly update from Bungie, or the twat, as Bushman Bob and Gibbo like to call it. I call it the twab. Uh, or, the, or the Bungie weekly update. That's what I really call it, because, you know, old school, you know, we go way back. So we have a few things that Cosmo talked about in this week's Bungie Weekly Update. Um, the first thing that he talked about is Trials Labs, and this is something new. These are experimental weekends that will allow for Bungie to test the changes that will be coming to Trials and to collect feedback and data. Uh, so that's going to be something new. It almost sounds to me like Crucible Labs. And the way they describe it for this week, the normal Trials of Osiris playlist is replaced with Trials Labs Capture Zone. In this mode, you'll still be playing Elimination with the following changes. 30 seconds after the round starts, a Capture Zone is enabled. Players can capture the zone to win the round or just eliminate the other team like normal also the capture zone has a waypoint from uh, the round start that includes a countdown timer so everyone will know exactly when and where it will be also the capture zone starts in the middle of the map 
in the first round and changes locations after each round. So it won't be in the same spot. The team who lost will get the advantage spawn location. That's a pretty big change. What do you all think about this? Well, I, I was there. I was actually worried that the the labs would overlap the normal playlists. So the fact that as just a labs weekend, it's not normal trials. I think that's a a good idea. Uh, I think it'll be interesting. I think adding an objective definitely will put pressure on one team or another to get to the point mm-hmm. but i think it might you you'll see how people like adjust to it like i'm already in my head i'm thinking i think shard dive is going to be insanely powerful uh i know it's been really oppressive the past little while and kind of on the up on people's like peeve lists uh so we'll see what pans out i'm looking forward to it i do like the idea of playing an objective and uh, it'll make you think twice about how you approach the map. Also depends on the map as well, I guess. Uh, so yeah, I'm excited yeah. for it. We'll be jumping in. Yeah, I think that'll be uh, the uh, the big thing is just seeing what map they they do it on. But I, I think having having an actual objective rather than just kill the other team. Um, it's going to be interesting to to see how well it works, and um, I kind of look forward to if, uh, depending on how frequently they do it, these trials, labs, weekends to test new stuff. I I know I'm I'm prepping. I'm going to prepare a a bubble titan to uh, go in and just slam down on the point and put my helmet Saint fourteen on and call it a day. Yeah, you know, I, I think just hearing about this change, I have some concerns because anything that's experimental means that it isn't necessarily balanced, right? And with an activity like Trials that's a pinnacle endgame crucible activity, I think that there could be some dangers and some pitfalls with doing that. So, um cautiously optimistic because i think that what we're getting this week with uh, the capture zone uh that sounds great but my concern is will it be well balanced and what other changes will be made in future weeks or future months that will impact trials maybe not in the best way that was intended mm-hmm. i i mean i think you could there's always potential that we'll see another weekend like this past weekend um, where they just make such a big, bold change that you might have some some kickback from it. Um, but I I think, and, and based on what's changing for, for this weekend, um, I think they saw that making big, big changes like that is probably not the best move. So I think yeah. going forward, we'll, we'll probably see smaller, more micro changes that in the end, I hope, I hope is just better for the, for the playlist. Yeah, no, I, I totally agree with you. And on the topic of going flawless, 
Here is what Bungie had to say this week. We tried something new for Trials this past weekend, something that has been requested in feedback since Trials launched back in Destiny 1. We tested out separately off Flawless players and their fire teams from players who hadn't yet gone Flawless that week. Before we discussed what to expect this week and in the future, we'd like to talk about the goals we have for matchmaking in Trials of Osiris and look at some key data points for the first two weeks. One of the main changes we made in Trials this season was to allow solo and duo players to queue up. This has made two main benefits. One, it allowed players to, with a low barrier of entry and expectation to try the mode out. And two, and more importantly, it increased the population enough that fire teams of mid-skilled players landed more wins than if they only matched against other mid-skilled or high-skilled teams. Furthermore, solo players are a key to the entire system working. For example, in the first week, a whopping 54% were fire teams versus solo or duo players. Cut to this week, where only 45% were fire teams versus solo fire teams versus solo slash duo a pretty sharp drop to get enough solo players in we need to offer rewards that are good enough and matchmaking that feels reasonable regardless of skill level right now we have engrams that you can grind for as well as attractive seven win rewards but only if you win so those are some interesting insights um to learn about the drop in the uh, player base after the change was made. What do you all think about some of these insights? I think, uh, I think that it was pretty good to hear they, they, they didn't lose as much players as they anticipated. So obviously the, the player rate was still quite high for the second week of trials, which is good. Um, but I do remember catching trials report and a few other community members talking about it, and it was they predicted that it would be similar player amount, but less matches and a similar amount of flawless games and whatnot. So I guess the trend was was easy to predict for the matchmaking style that they were doing. I know myself; I I was lucky enough to go flawless on the Friday. But after that, it was balls to the wall. And it didn't take me long. It maybe took a few hours. And I was like, nah, I'm, I'm fed up with the, the pain of the matchmaking, which I, for my end or my level is what I experienced. But it's interesting to see. Like, It's good to know that there's people out there who, who are getting the benefit of what they were, they were experimenting with. Yeah, I, I definitely... We, we we saw the numbers play out exactly as people were were predicting they they would um but in, in at the end of the day it's it's good to see them be brave enough to say hey we're going to give this a try but I, I i think um like it was mentioned earlier i think they need to be 
they need to be more open and say, hey, we're trying this. Let it work. Go with it. Let's see what happens. Yeah, yeah no. there was quite a big outcry very quickly when it, when it changed, but they, they didn't revert it, which I found surprising. So I, that just just shows, uh, just showed, just good to show, sorry, I'm tripping my words here, uh, that they were committed to just trying that and riding out for the weekend. Yeah, and I, I think they're bold enough to try things out, even if they may not work out, and they're using data to respond quickly to feedback mm -hmm. and what players are experiencing in the game. Like, for example, during the first week of trials, uh, the solo wins consisted of 23% of games and blowouts consisted of 38% of games. For the second week, solo wins consisted of 36% of games and blowouts consisted of 29% of games. So that's kind of interesting. Uh, because whatever changes that were made in the second week, it balanced things out a bit more. Solo players were able to win more games and there were less blowouts because it's never fun to play against a team where literally you're not able to do anything. And that's, that's my frustration with the trials. Like that's why I don't play trials often because I feel like I go into a match it's a complete blowout. And what's the point? I don't mm -hmm. feel like I'm getting any better as a player. Right. Yeah. So I think this will definitely level the playing field. And as we're seeing in the data. Exactly. Uh, yep. I, I, I don't get to witness that because I do consider myself like above average at PVP. I'm not exceptional. So it's a whole different world, the, some of the games that they are talking about. Um, I liked the way that they, they do want, well, they, uh, something I'll mention coming up, but the competitive nature of the matches. So yeah, bringing, bringing the games to a closer 5-4, five, 5-3 five, scenario rather than those 5-0s uh, is great to see, uh, especially the people that got to experience those. And, and we're going to dig a little deeper. But before we do, I do want to note what Bungie stated as far as their goals for trials and the additional information they shared in this week's Bungie Weekly Update. Uh, for the segment titled Keep Games Quality High, this is what they have to say. We talked about blowouts as one way of looking for competitive matches. We also considered 5-1 to one matches as non-competitive. The sweet spot is really between 5-2 and 5-4. Those matches tend to feel good while playing, even if you end up losing. That's true. I agree. It feels like there is a point in me playing the game, at least. Um, in week one, Bungie saw a 60% of matches that ended with either 5-0 or 5-1. In week two, the number of non-competitive matches dropped to 52%, a nice improvement, but we would like to see this number drop to 30-40% to over the long term. I mean, I get that, but can they really force that in 
I feel like if you are a hardcore player, you're going to play Trials. Right? So yeah. I, I don't know. I don't know how much they can do to deter you from playing this activity. Because you're still going to go up against the same competition, I think, unless they substantially change the matchmaking system to not make you match with people who are very high-skilled. But then yeah. it also kind of defeats the purpose. So there needs to be a balance. And they did say I, a few more things. I'm sorry, go ahead. I was going to say, I don't think they'll... I don't think there's really any any way to get into that 30% range that they're that they're wanting without completely redoing the matchmaking and taking it down to where a player like in in my position that I would never go you know go against somebody who is on average a 2.5 KD but then at the same time that's detrimental to me because that you know that keeps me with those players that are you know let's say 1.0 or less doesn't ever give me the the challenge to to get better so there's i don't know if there really is a happy medium that you'll ever be able to achieve with with something like trials yeah, no, I think you're right. And and I, I'm thinking maybe assigning a tier to every player in terms of where they are in terms of their skill level in whatever activity, whether it be you're in the bronze tier, the silver tier, the gold tier, the diamond tier, whatever, and somehow figure out a way to match people up that have similar tiers or groups that have a similar overall score. I think that could potentially help to match people up who are, you know, similar in skill level, which I think that could, in theory, help. I don't know how easy that would be to implement. Yeah. The, so I do have a few mixed thoughts. Uh, looking at, like similar skill players means that your your win-loss ratios goes right right up to 50-50, which could be make for a rough evening. You could end up not winning enough matches to go flawless. Obviously you would have to turn up and and like see out those matches. But at the same time like you want to have maybe slightly easier matches earlier on in your card, and then it starts it starts to build up that intensity until you get to the the game seven. But I do feel like some of the 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 flaws pool, especially, just felt like game sevens over and over again for your whole card. So to me, that wasn't really fair. Um, obviously, pub stomping isn't fair either. So it's it's such a hard balance act. I, mm-hmm. I I just can't I can't say what I think would work o- overall. Um, I do think if you're a lower skill player, I think if you're in a situation where you're going to play people better than you, then people worse than you, you could eventually go flawless, which is a sort of loosely based on the D1 system before the change that back then as well, because it used to just be uh, connection based, I think, and not card based originally. 
So you just played your, you just played who you got, and eventually you could go flawless. Which I think it just depends on your time investment. So yeah. it's such, it's, it hurts my head thinking about it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I can't imagine what the devs are like. It's not simple. It's it's complex, right? And it's not an easy thing to solve because there's so many people playing Destiny. And there's so many considerations and there's so many technical limitations that they have. But at the end of the day, I think that there could be a better balance so that people don't have to resort to carries, for example, which Mm -hmm. has been such a common thing in, in trials because it's so freaking difficult. And not only that, but like in past seasons, the, the rewards that you got in trials were almost kind of essential in other activities like raid or whatever you're playing so it made things more difficult right but i think this it's going to they're they're trying things and i appreciate that right eventually i think they will get it right but i think it's going to take some time and we can see with um trials labs coming into the game that they are definitely experimenting they don't have everything figured out it's going to take some time but i do think battle eye will help having the battle eye system will definitely help to balance things out they um kind of uh, i don't know if they changed their policy or updated their policy to now state that you know doing carries and um recubs are against their terms and that can get you uh, banned from the game so they are being more proactive in that sense absolutely i cannot praise them enough for finally adding battle eye or you know adding something yeah. um because i know when i yeah absolutely Which, and i know i mean i think that when when they left from BattleNet to steam i think that created some problems honestly i don't think BattleNet was perfect but i think battle.net was better than what steam offered um I, there's not even much in in battle.net because call of duty is still absolutely horrible with no, I don't with cheaters so um i i've dabbled in warzone and cold war and it's it's just as bad as as trials used to be and i i think so battle i being step 1 is a great move to finally have because i can say from the past two weeks i i've played more trials in the last two weeks than i have since they originally came back in in d2 i never played in d1 because nine times out of ten i was mostly a a solo player so not only getting the solo queue and and not seeing the amount of cheaters that we saw a month ago is a breath of fresh air for for the playlist i think they did talk about a few more things to keep matchmaking times low uh, one of our biggest goals is to keep matchmaking times low while still getting matches with good connections and a competitive outcome. We always keep an eye on a matchmaking time window whenever we make serious changes to the matchmaking landscape. 
In both weeks, average ma- matchmaking times were pretty steady at under 50 seconds per match. The only reason it was even that high was because players who started off on a terrible streak would end up in a matchmaking pool below the base pool that only took for other players who had started off losing 10 rounds in a row. That's interesting insights to have. Um, It's a very small pool with matchmaking times that would last over four minutes before the system gave up and expanded back to the base pool. We are going to be adjusting how the matchmaking pool helps apply so no one gets stuck in a smaller matchmaking pool going forward. So that's really interesting that they uh, shared that. Uh, Other things that they noted... um, We had over 700,000 players this weekend, over 50,000 fewer than week one. This is higher than expected, given the normal drop-off after launch combined with Distant Shore being a less popular map. Plus, we had 253,000 players go flawless. Wow, that's a lot of people going flawless. Yeah. Yeah, I feel that I got a GG. I see. I'm. 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 Well, I say I'm privy, but the the big thing, although again, to mention that they aren't, is the people doing carries. They could. They were able to just keep a broken card or reset their cards before they went flawless. So I had some friends mentioning that they they got loads of carries done, but they they themselves only did one flawless ticket at the end of the weekend. So far, it was quite funny. Not to say that all those people going flawless were were carried there, but like the ones that were, so that it's still still kind of a strange situation. I mean, it's good to see that people were getting the flawlesses, but as soon as you did, it was still balls to the wall after that. So it was uh, yeah, wasn't wasn't a good balance. I still think it was a good balance good for one flawless and then a one and done vibe which was completely different from the week before i was gonna say i I think most people were doing the the one and done flawless or you know they would spend friday saturday doing carries which you know is is fine um and then they'd get their one flawless at you know on sunday but you you'd look at that and you know, somebody that did 10 carries maybe in a typical weekend would have 10 or 15 flawlesses that weekend now only has one because they're resetting their card more frequently. Yeah, no, that makes total sense. And I, I did not go flawless, so I wasn't part of that group. But maybe this week, we'll see. So here are some things that Bungie noted that did not work with trials with these changes. Uh, Bungie saw 34% less matches played overall. The number of matches post-flawless dropped by 45%. Bungie also had reports of significant numbers of players resetting 5-0 or 6-0 cards, but also saw 16,000 total cards that were reset while flawless but under seven wins. Given the vast number of games and cards played, 2.7 million cards started this week. It isn't a lot, but 
it's something that we are watching and it is unhealthy for the mode to become more common. Normally, we see 50% of players who go flawless doing so with someone else who is already flawless. Last week, it was 56%. This can either be a traditional carry or just playing with friends. That number dropped to 16% this year, which is unexpectedly low for friend gaming content. So really interesting insights there. And uh, they are making some changes going into week three that will help to address these issues that they did identify with trials. Um, we will be waiting until Sunday morning to reset 10 a.m. Pacific Standard Time to enable the flawless pool. This serves as the middle ground between week one and week two and as a semi-permanent placement for enabling the flawless pool. As always, we will be looking at both analytics and feedback, so keep telling Bungie what is working and what isn't. They are also looking at some deeper matchmaking solutions that will hope to let Bungie to improve a flawless pool um, so they will be looking to make those changes and sharing more information in mid-October about this. Um, they are also turning off matchmaking help until you have played at least two matches during the weekend. Furthermore, um, in addition to the previously announced changes, players will no longer have special ammo replenished when being revived adding hold functionality to purchase gear from Saint-14 to prevent accidental purchases, weapon receiving, uh, weapons received from the Reputation Rank Rewards track on Saint-14 will now have the Masterwork slot active. Previous weapons obtained won't receive a Masterwork slot. Furthermore, unfortunately, while we previously announced that we would be removing the matchmaking counter for this week, this change wasn't quite able to be made with patch 3.3.0.3. Looking forward into the future, they have a few notes to state about that. Um, Bungie expects to take another swing at matchmaking to keep some of the solo slash lower skilled protections from week two within strongly negatively without strongly negatively impacting the flawless player base. They will also be looking at adjusting the rewards for rounds and matches one on a seven win card. And other than that, updates and trials TWAB reports will be less common as trials um, gets into a more stable state. And last note on um, Crucible or PVP is that Iron Banner is coming back next week. So after Trials Labs, capture zone trials will be taking um a week off and will be returning on october 8th so that's interesting to note and uh do you both have any thoughts on these uh changes and insights in the twab i i think the uh having trials uh have a the weekend off when we have iron banner and not splitting the the PvP pool was a really good idea that they that they put in this season. Yeah, that's definitely showing Iron Banner that weekend. You'll see how it feels to have like a hopefully a busier playlist. 
I'm just glad they they're able to make keep keep attempting these different changes. I mean, that could already mean a lot more people go flawless Friday through Saturday. And that means your flawless playlist might be a bit healthier on the back end of the weekend. As as I heard it was that weekend there. Although I was I was caught playing it on Monday night still on the flawless playlist and it was uh, it was still kinda rough. But uh props to Bungie for making the changes really quickly and trying to fine tune the modes. Like that's I think that's the thing that shines brightest to me just now is how reactive they're being. Yeah. Yep. And I, I think it's it, it really is a testament to them, you know, caring about making the game a better place for all guardians they're trying to consider everyone's opinions and thoughts and looking at an an analysis and data and to make the best decisions that will make a better destiny for all players now i get that and i respect that and they did have a few more things that they talked about we have a new digital fashion magazine that will be coming to help celebrate the fashionable guardians in the destiny community and they do have the first edition of the magazine called Threads of Light that will be releasing. Uh, it looks like, actually, it looks like it was released already. So that's pretty cool. And uh, they had partnered with three Guardians who created their own fashion looks to essentially create really cool images of uh, these Guardians and their characters. <clears throat> And we yeah, have... it was pretty neat. Definitely going to get an entry in if I can help it. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. See, I'm not that fashionable. I don't. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, I can try, but you know, I don't know if that would work out too well. So, I'll let the experts get in on that bread. And also, they will be picking winners until September 30th. So, if you are interested in being a part of this project you can submit your guardian for consideration in their fashion show and they do have an emblem that is up for grabs if you are one of the lucky winners or the chosen guardians with the coolest fashion sense and then we also have information about the prime engrams that will be offered through your Amazon Twitch Prime Rewards. They have the Dark Horse Exotic Sparrow that will be made available, the Bandwagon Exotic Ship, the Rust Punk Shell Exotic Ghost, and the Hold On Legendary Emote. I really like that Rust Punk Shell. That looks really, really cool. Um, I think they might actually have that. And that's the last Twitch drop for the year, like the content year. Don't quote me on that. Yeah, think that. Yeah, that would make sense because we're getting to the end of the year. Yeah. Um, and we do have some updates from Bungie about the new hotfix that came out earlier today. And you can read more about that by visiting bungie.net and reading the Bungie weekly update there. They did also talk about some of the known issues that are taking place right now in the game. And we have our standard movies of the week and artists of the week, which is really nice to see that being featured as well in the community this week. And Cosmo goes on to state the following. 
We're excited to see what the new fashion trends you start during the fashion show. It's not just about the emblem and bragging rights. Now you can land yourself on the cover of Threads of Light magazine. That's all for this week. I'm looking forward to trying out the Trials Labs changes tomorrow. I'm going to build a fire team. So if you want to play, keep an eye out on the LFG site on Bungie.net Friday evening. For everyone who will be playing this week, remember, control that zone. And that's all we have from Cosmo this week. And before we let you all go, where can the Guardians learn more about you and what you do? Pigeon, do you want to kick things off? Yeah, yeah. Uh, you guys can find me on twitch.tv forward slash pigeon. That's P-I-J-N-N. Uh, best place, though, definitely has been my Twitter, which is at P-I-J-N-N with an underscore at the end. Uh, catch my destiny ramblings there. And thanks again for having us. Awesome. And Cold Death, where can we learn more about you and what you do? Cold Death is going to be, or I'm going to be found on all Twitch, Twitter, TikTok, um, Cold Death, simple, straightforward, K-O-L-D-D-E-T-H on everything. Very cool. And Guardians, you can find the Destiny Show podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. We're on Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, Podbean, Amazon Music, and every major platform. You can find us on the web at destinyshow.com. You can find us on Twitter at The Destiny Show. And you can find us every Thursday night right here, twitch.tv slash The Destiny Show live every thursday night at 7 p.m eastern 4 p.m pacific guardians next week we welcome an amazing amazing group of guardians on the show one we have the incredible rick kakis will be joining us and also the lead developer over at destiny item manager ben hollis will be joining us also for another episode of the destiny show podcast and we're going to continue the conversation about all things destiny 2 so thank you so so much for joining us tonight thank you for hanging out live thank you for tuning in wherever you listen to podcasts and we will see you all next week good night everyone huge awesome heck yeah At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies, we keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success.